Hey everybody, it's Jake and I am alone in the basement. Uh, for this episode, we're going to be catching up with Sean P., uh, a referee who is incredibly talented, also a host of a podcast now himself. Uh, most of you guys know Sean P. through uh, the multiple promotions that he uh, referees for all across the country. He's uh, an incredibly talented dude and someone who's been on the podcast before. So we're going to catch up uh, with Sean P. and everything that he's been doing since he was last on last September. So you know the deal by now. Uh, just stick around and in a few seconds, I'm going to be talking to Sean P. All right, everybody, we are back and we are with Sean P. Sean, I'm really excited to have you back on. Thank you so much for, for reaching out and getting you back on the show. Absolutely, Jake, man. Yeah, I, uh, I'm excited to come back on uh, and definitely excited that uh, that you got the podcast rolling again, man, because uh, I, I definitely enjoy listening to your stuff, especially, you know, I, once like because I came across your podcast and then reached out and became a guest and then I was still keeping it tuned and stuff. So big fan of your stuff. Glad to come back on. I really appreciate that, man. And it's still kind of one of those weird things when you hear people say that, and then you're like, nah, me? I'm shit, man. Why would anybody give a shit? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I completely understand. No, I still feel that way about my refereeing, bro. Like, I, I don't get it whenever people are like, oh, the best ref in the game. Like, I, I hear that, and, and I, not to toot my horn, but I hear that a lot, like, more recently than, <laughs> than I used to. And, like, and it's still... It's still weird to me. I'm just like, eh, I'm right. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just crazy because even in comparison to the, the last time we talked, when you were on last September, I feel like you can't go more than a week or two on an IWTV show where you don't go, oh, hey, that's Sean. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it, it's really true. And, and like, it's, it's crazy to, like, think about it that way because that was kind of, like, my game plan in the beginning because, like, my career is kind of, like, ran parallel to the like trajectory i guess of what is now iwtv but started as powerbomb yep that's when uh, i started subscribing was when it was still yeah. powerbomb right and so and like there was a time period where i had to be at mid-south you know where like i, I no longer work there which i don't really want to get into but um uh where we were you know running on a uh on we were iwa would stream live on powerbomb and like so, like, I saw the potential of that back in 2018, and I was just like, yo, if I can, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? If I can get on more of these, like, streaming things, and then more people start signing up, and it's only grown, you know, it's, like, tremendously IWTV has. Uh, and so, um, yeah, it's crazy to think, like, you know, I'm on there quite a bit, like, uh, especially all the times it streams live, just because... Uh, I love, you know, vanity searching whatever hashtag is going on and just scrolling. Like. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you. I would do the same thing. That has to be one of the coolest things to just be able to, like, on the matches that maybe you're not refing, just kind of like, so what's everybody saying online? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and especially because, like, you know, I've been a part of some pretty high-profile matches recently. You know what I mean? And uh, so, like, um, you know, Mickey and Sadika and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So... Or um, I can only imagine what you saw when you went back after doing uh, Cruel and Satu Jin. <laughs> oh, man. I, it, dude. So that one was tough just because, like, it was it was rough to go back and watch those clips because, like, it, it's almost like, you know, being a part of it, uh, it it's... 
it like scars you somewhat. You know what I mean? Like it almost like uh, it's like a um, it scars you for life type deal. Like you're almost kind of like have a reoccurring nightmare somewhat. Um, and every time that I would watch the GIF, I would hear the glass break oh. because that was what was my telltale sign. Like, oh no, he's fucked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and so, and then like I started overlooking him. And the crazy thing about that, like. Um, with Cruel, whenever I was uh, looking over him, uh, for those tuning in, that was ICW, no host Bart. Um, but um, when I was overlooking him, I didn't even see the bad cut on his shoulder. Oh, really? Uh, the way he was turned. Oh, okay. uh, I saw that there was a lot of blood, but the, I saw there was a bad cut on his chest. He had a, ba- a few bad cuts on his arm, like his forearms, both his forearms. Um, and so that's where I was like, oh, no, okay. But I saw medics immediately come over, so I was like, "Cool, they're checking them out, so I can go over to Satsu and be like, all right, to, to kind of pull back the curtain, I guess." Uh, I was like, "All right, hold on, Let me, they're checking them out real quick," you know what I'm saying? Um, and then I went back down to him, uh, looked at him again, and then I went back over to Satsu, and I was like, "We got to go home now." And then that's whenever he started, you know, hitting them with the tubes, um, and then uh, I went over to the medic. And we were all down there over top of him. And that was whenever I saw the, the cut on his arm. And that's when I was like, oh, shit. Like, no, nah, it's done. We got we got to stop. Like, right. it's over. Like, it's over. It's over. <laughs> over, over. <laughs> and just, oh, man. So. And you're right. Once you, the, when you heard the glass, you're just like, oh, no. And I know some people online, you know, were, were saying some things about it. And, oh, how could that happen? And it, listen. It's a complete accident. Man. It is. It's a freak accident. Danny would yeah. never, ever, in a million fucking years, let anything like that happen if he knew. Oh, absolutely. There's what? no fucking way. Here's the thing: like a lot of a lot of times, glass that you know uh, is tempered or isn't tempered will have like some kind of tag on it. You know what I mean? And it'll say you know whatever kind of glass it is, and this glass did just didn't have anything on it, um, and so. Uh, yeah, accidents happen, man. You know, like you said, um, and it was really kind of hard to tell. It was a thin glass, you know what I mean? Um, and it kind of blended in with the rest of the glass. So, uh, you know, I've been on tournaments here recently where, uh, you know, the, the, these are sworn off the, the small tubes, the, the, the tinier tubes. Yes. Uh, I've, I've been on tournaments here recently. I'm not going to call them out. Uh, if you look really hard when you watch it back, you'll notice. But there was, you know, small tubes that ended up getting in a, a trash can or two that was just filled with white tubes. You know what I mean? Um, nobody went through it, and it just happened to be in there. Uh, and as we were, literally as we were going through the match, uh, one of the wrestlers, um, I believe it was Akira, he said, yo, Sean, there's some small tubes, and I was having to throw out a couple. And I know that they still bumped on a a couple of them and and the reason why those are so sworn off is because those are the tubes that almost killed nick gage or did kill nick gage i guess technically for five seconds yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah the, the tiny tubes are, are are you know completely no-nos and i've been in tournaments recently where they slipped through the cracks and got in there you know accidents happen man yeah, it's and you know wrestling even when weapons aren't involved isn't always a hundred percent safe. So, it, it I guess it's also one of those things to where you know if you are someone and you're bringing weapons to a show, 
while it is 100% appreciated that you guys are taking the time and the money that you're spending on these, just please make sure that what you're bringing is as safe as possible for these guys. Because, yeah. yes, they are hitting each other with glass, but we don't want it to be a glass that is career or life-threatening. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, man, you've been busy over the past year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I uh, that's kind of the plan. I, I really um, wanted to kind of keep myself busy and, and get myself out there as much as possible because there's so much you know cool, dope stuff going on. Um, and you know, I had already kind of had my my you know I guess uh, feet in some different stuff that was already kind of bubbling and, and you know starting to happen. Uh, like, you know, I'm a day one at Paradigm and Unsanctioned, you know, stuff like that. And now those companies are, are you know, even hotter than they were the last time we talked. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then, you know, getting on with companies like ICW No Holds Barred has definitely kept me busy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then here recently, uh, hopping on with companies like New Wave Pro. Um, uh, you know, here recently there was a new company in St. Louis that popped up. That, uh, that I had a, a relationship with um, through KLD. And, uh, and so now I, I have two companies that I work for in St. Louis because I had Glory Pro the last time that we talked. Uh, now I also work for WrestleMax STL. You know, so um, like I said, there's just so much going on. And I'm, I'm fortunate that, uh, that enough people rock with me and, and think that, you know, I, I guess I'm pretty decent enough that they want to book me. So I've been pretty fortunate, yeah. And and that's awesome, man, because, I mean, as we, you know, I've talked about before, a lot of people kind of sometimes don't understand how important good refs are to wrestling and how much that third person in the ring can really change the whole atmosphere of a match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. 1,000%, man. Um, and, you know, it, it's cool um, that... I, uh, I guess, I don't know, it's, it's weird because I feel like um, it, it's been weird to me recently, especially the last like year or two, that there have been people wanting to ask like for advice and stuff. But at the same time, I could be more than happy, happy to do it because the whole entire reason why I wanted to be so dedicated to be such a good ref was because my mentor uh, and big brother Max Recon, AJ Kissinger, he, you know, told me, like, yo, there's there's not enough, you know, dedicated refs, like just referees. He was like, there's, you know, good referees who are out here that are training to be wrestlers and stuff. But, like, at that time period, this was 2015-ish, you know what I mean? Um, at that time period, there weren't a lot of people who wanted to be dedicated referees. And then once I, like, really started taking it serious, 2017-ish, was when... Um, well, not say 2018-ish. Uh, 2017 was when I really started taking it serious and, and working, you know, on a regular basis. But then, like, 2018 was when, like, Zebra Talk started, um, which is a, a whole... Uh, if there's any referees that are listening to this um, and you're not a part of Zebra Talk, you need to be a part of it. Uh, it's a huge, like, community of referees. There's, like, uh, over a 1,000 referees from all over the world um that are a part of this professional wrestling referees <laughs> and like 
referees from WWE and all kind of stuff. And, like, um, that makes you really, like, uh, appreciate um, referees even more and, and how important our job is because that's literally, like, such a great tool to be able to reach out to any referee from any level, you know, um, and, and see how many dedicated refs there are out there now. Um, and there's some there's some really, really good refs that add to, add to matches and stuff, and then I've also seen some really bad ones that can take away. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, man, like, that's the worst. When I, when I see, uh, you know, bad refereeing, um, I, I, well, see, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit too blunt. <laughs> but I feel like sometimes I come off a little strong <laughs> with my opinions. Um, and uh, and if I see bad refereeing, I certainly am not afraid to let somebody know. <laughs> or at least just be like, hey, man, you know, you were doing this a lot. Like, can you fix that? And then go from there. Um, but... <laughs> But no, you yeah. I mean, you brought up a lot of good points. I mean, when I was, you know, first kind of getting into to the behind-the-curtain stuff, when I was, like, 18, 19, most people who were refereeing then were kids who were in wrestling school and weren't necessarily fully ready to start working yet, but they used them as refs. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, that, I, and, and what's crazy is that you still encounter that, you know, uh, nowadays, um, there was a referee actually here recently. His name is Austin. I'll go ahead and shout him out. Uh, if you watch, um, let's see, uh, the recent Paradigm Heavy Hitter show um, that they did with OWA, he was on it, and then he also was on something else with me recently. Um, ah, man, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, he, he's done a couple shows here recently, recently with me. comes out of the Illinois area. And he is training to wrestle, but he has also been really, like, putting himself out there as a ref right now while he's training to wrestle. Because he's actually a pretty decent referee. Um, and he listens well, soaks in information. So, like like I said, it still happens. Because I just met this kid, I'd say. And I say kid, but I want to say he's maybe 25. Like, I feel like he's a little, he's still young, but he's yeah. a little older. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, so... But yeah, Austin uh, uh, is training to wrestle, from what I've been told. But has still been putting himself out there as a ref. You know, like I said, learns. So, like I said, yeah, oh yeah, as I was saying, it still happens. Um, I still see it every now and then. Um, but it's definitely not as uh, regular occurring because there are so many like just referees that are out here who are dedicated to you know just being a great referee. Yeah, and I also think it's important to, to kind of say at the same time, I mean, not everyone is meant to be a wrestler. And exactly. I think some people forget that. And just because you you maybe aren't meant to be a wrestler doesn't mean that you don't have a spot within the business. Right. Well, and, you know, that's why I kind of like, I felt like I fell into a role when it came to refereeing because, um, well... Like, like I was saying, I had that conversation with Max Recon. Um, and, well, let me put it this way. Max, which he would be a great guest for you to have on and talk to at some point. Um, but Max Recon, he uh, actually, the reason why 
he is a referee is because he was a wrestler at one point um, and he was injured um, when he was in the Marines over in Afghanistan. Oh, man. Um, and whenever he was training to wrestle, uh, he ended up, you know, having problems with his leg. Um, and that was why he ended up becoming a referee. Um, and that is also why he's one of the more larger referees uh, <laughs> on the scene. <laughs> Um, it's because he could kick most of, you know, our asses and also the people in the ring's asses because he is a legit badass. So, um, but you know, and and as far as like for me, um, personally, uh, I was never like the most athletic, although I loved playing sports and I loved being an athlete. Um, but I was also a theater geek, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, whenever I, you know, pulled back the curtain, so to speak, when it comes to wrestling and, and really kind of got a feel for what it was. Um, I was just like, if there's any way that I could find my way into this business, I'm going to do it. Uh, however, I felt like I, I found my way into the business a little bit later in life. Um, and then things started rolling for me as far as being a referee, uh, way quicker than I felt like they ever could have for me being a wrestler. Um, <laughs> and, like I said, I, I'm really not the most athletic anyway. Uh, so that was kind of why I was like, yo, I found my way into business and I'm going to try and be the best referee that I can be, you know? Yeah, and sometimes I think people kind of maybe don't look at it in the sense of there might be more longevity with you as a referee than maybe a wrestler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There definitely is. Because, um, I mean, that's why, shoot, I think, Tommy Young was refereeing up until what, like maybe two or three years ago? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and he's like 80, 90, so uh, I know Earl Hebner still refs from time to time, yep. Mike Kyoto, you know, guys like that. So, yeah, absolutely, there's way more longevity. Oh, yeah. and, and I kind of, when in mentioning, you know, the wrestlers that kind of become referees, I always think of Nick Patrick. Because oh, yeah. you got to think, I mean, growing up, your dad is this legendary dude. Jody Hamilton, you know, the assassin, is like a legendary personality in that southern part of this country. And, you know, he wasn't kind of cutting it as a wrestler, but he still found his position in the business and did a lot of stuff with it. I mean, at one point he was even the NWO ref. So you right. can still be involved with a lot of stuff. Being a referee and not being a wrestler. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you've also kept busy as you now are in the podcast game yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I uh, found my way into uh, co-hosting a podcast called I Got Your Five Stars um, with an uh, incredible dude named Jeremy Nickerson. Um, he actually... Uh, it's it's his podcast. It's his baby. Um, it's uh, in memoriam for <clears throat> a professional wrestling fan from the East Coast named Kevin Hogan. Uh, that was a good friend of Jeremy's. Um, and that's actually who the logo is. It's, it's funny because uh, Neil Diamond Cutter, when he met Jeremy, he thought that <laughs> he thought that the cartoon logo was Jeremy. <laughs> Uh, but if you ever get to meet Jeremy, he's actually a tall, somewhat skinny dude, um, and the the guy on our logo is not. No, no, <laughs> and, uh, no, no. So, so Neil was like Neil Diamond Cutter when he met Jeremy. He was like, "Wait, 
you're Jeremy? <laughs> I'm picturing this in my mind. <laughs> he was like, what? And so mind blown. It was, yeah, it was quite funny. But, um, yeah, no, uh, that, uh, it's called I Got You Five Stars. Um, and, uh, Jeremy started it, um, a few years ago. Uh, he's, we've got so many here. He's got a bunch of episodes on his own, um, that he had done. The, the podcast actually kind of started based off of him, um, reviewing IWTV shows. Um, and, uh, funny enough, that's what we started, you know, the interview talking off about, but, um, but yeah, he, he started it off by doing that. Um, me and him would review some shows together, and then that ended up turning into me being a regular co-host. Um, and uh, and now we've we've had some really interesting interviews, man, uh, from you know guys who are fresh in, um, who have you know had just had breakout matches and stuff, to guys like Aaron Williams and Gary J. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's, it's been a really, really fun ride. Uh, and we've been knocking some cool stuff out. Like here, our most recent episode we released, uh, was with Merrick Donovan, um, who it's, uh, Sir Knight Merrick Donovan. He actually had a breakout weekend, uh, a couple weekends ago, whenever Paradigm ran their show, uh, the double show. Uh, and then also when Unsanctioned ran their double show, he had matches on both of them. Uh, one against Freddie Hudson, and then he had another one against Levi Everett that were both bangers. So uh, that was our most recent guest. We've had, you know, Mad Dog Austin Connolly on. Uh, we've had uh, Phoenix Kid. <laughs> we've had, uh, like, all kind of people. It's, I can't even think off the top of my head. <laughs> but, yeah, we've, uh, and then also, too, we still do the reviews um, like we used to, um, except now it's cool because, you know, we'll, I'll have those three-day ICW weekends, and then, you know, he'll be watching live, and then we can talk it up, you know, chop, chop it up about it afterwards. So, uh, yeah, man, it, it's been a, a fun ride. Uh, and it definitely has to be a plus that you are friendly and know a lot of these wrestlers on a personal level. So you probably don't get ghosted as much as some of the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean... I don't want to put it that way, but, you know, maybe so. Jeremy likes to make that joke all the time, uh, how, you know, some of the guests have picked up since I became a co-host. But, <laughs> I mean, because with the two, uh, it's like, I know where the fuck you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, but at the same time, don't don't get it twisted. We still have guys who, you know, will will schedule something, and then day of, they'll end up ghosting us. Uh <laughs> And, uh, and then I'll see him the weekend after. And uh, I, I don't like to bring it up because I don't want to be weird. But, you know, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I get it, though. People get busy. You know? Oh, yeah. And, it should happen. And mo- a, a lot of times, more than none, you know, if guys get busy and stuff, they'll end up hitting me up the next day. You know? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm one of those people who doesn't take it too seriously at all. I totally understand people have regular lives outside of wrestling. They have things that are constantly going on. I know there are some podcasters that get legit butthurt about it, but to me it's just one of those inside jokes that uh, I really like to laugh about. Well, dude, I'll go ahead and bust my own balls. Um, What was it? It was last weekend uh, when I got back from Florida. Um, So we had the ICW weekend in Florida. 
we left on Friday, got down there, you know, pr- pretty much like Friday evening. It was probably about 10 o'clock at night on Friday. Um, and then, you know, stayed up most of the night hanging out, just, you know, chilling uh, with Danny and, and everybody else. Um, and then, you know, Saturday we had the show, uh, hopped in a car. As soon as I got back, I was home for an hour. Um, and then I did uh, Fright Night uh, 3, uh, Mouse's show. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I did that. <laughs> and so, um, and I, like I said, I'll go ahead and bust my own balls. Um, I, I ended up sleeping through, I think we scheduled an interview with Merrick Donovan on Monday and Tuesday. And I ended up falling asleep both days. <laughs> and Jeremy was blowing me up like, uh, so what's going on, bro? And I ended up sleeping through both alarms uh, like an idiot. Uh, and then we ended up finally being able to knock it out. But <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I ghosted my own podcast. So. <laughs> but I mean, that's just the show, too, with all the shit you had going on. Right. I mean, yeah. That I, we... Dude, I, and, I, and I run myself then sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, I'll try and, like, I, I try and schedule sleep to where, like, I'll, you know, <laughs> get a ton of sleep on, like, Monday, most of my sleep on Tuesday, and then I'll finally catch up on the last little bit of sleep on Wednesday, so that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, I'm just running, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even like you just said, just to, to kind of think about that, and that, you know, in a weekend, you're running Florida, and then, uh, if I remember right, Mouse's show was at the arena in Jeffersonville, so just to to be in those two places so far away from each other in such a short period of time is insane. <laughs> oh, dude, uh, there was a, it was about three or four weekends ago. I went from Ohio to St. Louis <laughs> to back home. So that was pretty crazy. <laughs> Definitely. And just, just putting in the miles is insane. <laughs> oh yeah. And you know, it, it, it does get a little tiring being in a car uh, and I hopefully one of these days I can get to be one of those referees that that get flown places because <laughs> <laughs> man like especially those you know Texas trips and those Florida trips oh, man the Texas trips yeah. have to be rough Texas was like seventeen hours oh. so yeah oh in the, the Jersey trips Jersey <laughs> I've, yeah so. I've heard some of the the stories about the Jersey trips taking <laughs> oh, so yeah. long. Well, <laughs> Uh, of course, you know, it's always fuck that deer. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was a part of that car that ended up hitting the deer uh, with the rejects in it. Uh, so. I remember as soon as I found out, uh, I messaged Akira. Mm-hmm. And then I think if, was he in the car or not in the car? Uh, Akira, yeah, he was with us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to remember everything that happens in wrestling because there's so much shit. And I just remember immediately reaching out but not getting anything back for a little while. I was like, oh, shit, is everything okay? Yeah, well, so when it first happened, we posted about it because because we weren't going to at first. But, I, like, a few of us were just kind of like, we might as well and just see what happens. Because our first, you know, course of action was – we need to find somebody to come get us to take us to Jersey because we weren't going to miss this booking, you yeah. know? <laughs> exactly. So, like, that was our first course of action. We didn't care about the car. We didn't care about none of that. Um, but um, 
we we had we had a couple prospects of people you know acting like they may come and get us or they might be able to um, when we posted at like two three o'clock in the morning when it first happened um, but then we it, it kind of started to seem somewhat hopeless about like four uh, maybe five ish and so we all ended up dozing off. Um, and then we all took like probably I'd say a good three or four hour nap and then woke up about eight o'clock in the morning, uh, all still in the van, parked at a gas station and was like, all right, let's get on this. <laughs> and so, uh, luckily thanks to a good Samaritan, um, this lady pulled over and she was like, you know, yeah, uh, uh, I, I wish I could take you guys somewhere. But I think she said she drove a, a government-issued vehicle oh. that has cameras in it or something. Um, and so she said, however, she was like, I'll make some phone calls. And she ended up calling a car rental place and, like, <laughs> very sternly told them that uh, these boys are stuck in the middle of nowhere. They have money to get a rent a car because we had money to get a car. Um, we had, you know, uh, graciously Danny helped us out with that. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, so she was like, they have money to get a car. Anyway, the, the rental place ended up sending a car for us to take to Jersey. Um, and we ended up, it was kind of funny because once they had got to us to pick us up, we had to drive an hour back to get to the, the rental place, <laughs> like an hour behind. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So we ended up losing an hour and then hit the road. Um, and was literally like flying up to Jersey as quick as we possibly could get up there. And, uh, the, the funniest part was, uh, I was actually the one stuck was driving. I was the last one, like the last leg driver, I guess. Um, and, and they're all sitting there getting their gear on and, you know, watching the show on IWTV because, you know, we, we didn't end up getting there until halfway through the show. Um, and, uh, and they're all getting their stuff on and I'm like, Hey guys, can, can we pull over so I can grab my gear bag? Right. <laughs> Cause I, I want to work too. <laughs> and like Chris Levin was even texting me and was like, you know, if you don't want to work, bro, it's okay. I can play. And I said, no, <laughs> I have to work <laughs> after this, <laughs> what I've been through, I need to get in that ring. <laughs> so, uh, but kind of like what we were talking about off the air, like, you know, wrestling's my happy place, you know? Yeah. Like, any kind of BS that goes on in my life, like, once I step in that ring, none of it matters. So, and that was literally how I felt. And so, um, yeah, as I was saying, as they're all getting dressed, I was like, all right, cool, heavy my gear bag up. And I'm literally doing 80 down the Jersey, you know, turnpike uh, on my way to Atlantic City uh, while I'm putting my gear on. <laughs> And, uh, so yeah, that was, that was a good time. <laughs> uh, I guess this is, this is a random question way earlier than need be, but, but is New Jersey the worst state you've ever driven in? Cause it is for me by far. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, I don't know about the worst. Um, so because we didn't really drive too much in Jersey, you know what I mean? Um, uh, because so, we really were just in Atlantic City, and that was about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and then once we were out of Atlantic City, I felt like we really weren't in Jersey that long. Um, so, but uh, now I will say here recently, uh, we went through Atlanta a couple different times on our trips to Florida. Now, 
Atlanta's traffic is pretty terrible. <laughs> uh, I went to Atlanta in the mid-2000s one time for a vacation, and yeah, that was... Even then, it was fucking terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. St. Louis has a pretty rough traffic, too. But, yeah. yeah Atlanta's was rough. <laughs> I can picture St. Louis being bad, too. Because, I mean, that's like the... One of the biggest hubs in the Midwest. There's just got to be right. so many people coming in and out of there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which, it's good to see the indie scene in that area coming back after COVID beat the shit out of it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, man. Yeah, and, and as strong as it has um, between, you know, St. Louis Anarchy, WrestleMax, and Glory Pro, like, the three of them are all three killing it. You know, all have... You know, and what's cool about it is they all have people who, um, I guess, has like risen their stock in, in certain ways. Um, but they all three still like have unique rosters to yes. their own. Uh, and, and that's what what's really, really dope to me. So uh, here's a fun fact for you that I doubt he even remembers me, but I used to backyard with Davey Vega. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Davey's killing it, man. I'm glad to see him finally getting back to it. So, because Fitch was, was kind of rolling and, and was you know doing some things, and and I think Davey was a little bit you know slow to get going, but uh, but now he's back, and both of them are are killing it. So, yeah, it's it's just one of those scenes that uh, I've always loved to to keep up on because there's usually so much good stuff coming out of there. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, the, and and there's even you know even better kids coming out of there. Uh, like they've got some guys right now that uh, that Debbie Richards has been training with, like some of Mike Outlaw's kids uh, that are just on fire. And uh, they are a lot of those guys have, have been on some of the um, like earlier uh, you know matches that are on like Glory Pro's recent cards and stuff. Um, and, like, actually, I know, uh, I think it's the Glory Pro Tag Team Champions right now, or one of them. Uh, there's a guy named uh, Raheem Suede um, and uh, and his tag team partner. Their technical difficulties, like, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming out of St. Louis right now. But I also feel like we're in such a rebound from when things were dipping, you know, last year that... I feel like everywhere is on fire right now. I, yeah, I really, really think so, dude. It, like, yeah, I was just watching because, you know, I'm still a fan and I still try and watch as much as I possibly can, uh, whether I'm on it or not. And uh, I was, I just got done watching actually today the most recent Wrestling Revolver show. I need uh, to find that one and, and watch uh, it. Dude, it was so good. So, so good. Um, like, just so many dream matches like even like dream personal matches like uh i don't know how many people would be like super familiar with the team of uh infrared um as far as tyler matrix and logan james um but they had a match against the the american wolves uh eddie edwards and and uh, davy richards and like logan logan is somebody who is almost like a somewhat of a young davy richards and, like, just the fact that those two touched, like, it was an incredible moment for me. 
um, personally, because Logan is a good buddy of mine. He, I worked with him on a weekly basis at IWA. Tyler Matrix, same way. Um, both of them I'm really close to, and they both live actually in my area too as well. Um, but, yeah, they ended up having a match on there against the Wolves. That was completely ridiculously crazy. Um, uh, Dan Hasn't had a really good one against Everett Connors, um, which, uh, real quick, got to give a, a plug to Dan Hausen and Mance Warner. Um, I hope both those guys get well soon. And if anybody's tuning in, can help those guys out, throw them something. Um, I, I was actually at that show uh, where that had happened at. And, uh, man, like, like I was talking about earlier, stuff that's like going to scar me for life. Um, yeah, <laughs> for sure. That, it that just sucks that two in one night at the same place. Yo, you're telling me, bro. So uh, I really haven't got to talk about this, really. So, um, yeah, I, I was actually the referee for Mance's match where it happened. Um, and so, and it happened, um, threw up the X, you know, brought him to the back. Uh, we called the ambulance. Um, me, uh, actually, I, I can't even break kayfabe on this one. <laughs> uh, but there was a few of us that were around Mance and we were, you know, trying to comfort his, comfort him as much as possible. Cause he was like really, really kind of freaked out. And, um, but, um, regardless of all of that. I, I had to get out of the room because, like, for me personally, like, I was doing my job, but also, too, like, Mance is a really good friend of mine, and he's also, like, if, if anybody ever asks me, like, my favorite wrestler is Mance Warner. Um, like, my my top three is Mance Warner, Eddie Kingston, and Aaron Williams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, and uh, so, yeah, I, like, for him to go down the way he did, I was a ref for it. Uh, you know, just being a, 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 everything right then in that moment, I had to get out of the room. Um, I also had the next match, um, it, which was not the next match after Mance's, obviously, um, but the the match after that. And so I was, I, I walked out of the room and I was just trying to kind of like saw and uh, walk over to the, the monitor that was in the back. And I see Dan Housen, and he's, like, he's signaling for somebody to, like, come over to him. He was actually in a tag team match. So, of course, there's a lot of chaotic stuff going on. Um, the ref, I, I want to say that Dan Housen's corner was to the ref's back, uh, and he probably thought Dan Housen was just selling. Yeah. Uh, but I could tell on the camera, like, Dan Housen was waving for somebody. And so uh, I want to say somebody in the back had noticed. They were like, hey, I think Dan Housen's hurt. So I immediately ran out there, especially after what had just happened. Um, and I ran out there, and I'm like, are you good? He said, no. It's, um, it, he said, my ankle's broke. And I was like, again? <laughs> and so immediately I carried him out. And, like, um, that was what – that's what was crazy about it was uh, I had a lot of people hit me up because they saw me in the picture carrying Dan Housen out. And I was just like, this is weird. I don't like this at all. Right? Not the reason <laughs> you want to be getting blown up. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so Carrie and Dan Housen out and we get him to the back. Uh, and he was able to immediately get into a car and, and get taken. Uh, whereas masses was pretty severe. We didn't even want to take his boot off. Um, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, 
and uh, so yeah. It, oh, and then <laughs> well, as I was saying, I had to get Danhausen into the back, and then go right back out for a match. Uh, and uh, luckily, it was a a really, really, really fun match between uh, Sugar Dunkerton and No Way Jose. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and uh, so I was, you know, I was able to like. Like I said, any bullshit that's going on, once I step in that ring and I signal for the bell, none of it matters anymore. Uh, and there was a lot of really fun spots. No way Jose likes to use a referee. Um, so <laughs> we were able to do some really, really fun stuff. Uh, but, yeah, man, it was it was a time. Uh, probably one of, the, uh, one of the worst days of my career for sure. And- but also one of the best at the same time. You know? Yeah, I, I definitely get it, and I definitely feel so bad for for both those guys because you know, first Dan Housen, you know the whole Ring of Honor situation. What a what what a, what terrible luck, and then that that's just like the one two. And oh, well, and then not only that, but Mance just got released from his MLW contract. I was about to bring that up. Yeah, and being yeah. featured so prominently. You know, with GCW in this, you know, run to the ham- to Hammerstein, and now it's like just fuck, man. I didn't even think about Hammerstein. Oh man, that makes it even worse. Yeah, yeah. Because you know how much they put into it, and like here comes the big moment, and now it's like, when could could life have really pulled the dick punch later? Because now wasn't the time for it. Hmm. <laughs> Right, absolutely, yeah. Well, but at the same time, I feel like Mass is going to come back even stronger. Um, the fact that he had been locked down by MLW for as long as he had, yeah, and and everybody wanted to see him, um, you know, on a major platform. Uh, I feel like the comeback is just going to be even stronger. Oh yeah, definitely. I think Mass is one of those guys where absence might make the heart fonder. For the moment when he does come back, he's going to get... Oh, the pop's going to be ridiculous. Oh, insane. Yeah, insane. And, and hopefully it's somewhere crazy. You know, like, could you imagine if, like, Nance's big comeback is, like, on an AEW stage or something? Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> so, uh, who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it, it definitely, definitely sucks um, for both those guys. Uh and, and like you said, it couldn't come at a worse time for either of them. But uh, I guess on a more positive note, also involving MLW, mutual friend of ours, Big Beef, getting his deal with MLW. Absolutely. Uh, couldn't be more happy for him. That's a guy who definitely deserves that and just good luck coming his way. Just just an overall awesome dude. Absolutely, man. I, I couldn't be more happy for that guy. Uh, he, you know, has really really busted you know his ass to get to where he's at um and and to get his his name and his brand out there uh and and i know personally the work that has went in because uh that's one of my day ones um and uh i've literally seen the the progression uh and the uh the anxiety (laughs) doubt um and, and all of it you know um so yeah, like you said, it, it, if there's anyone who deserves it, uh, it's it's our guy, Big Beef, um, and I'm so glad. Uh, it's been really cool. Actually, I, I, I feel terrible because I really want to watch a lot more MLW than what I get to, 
Um, but I have quite a few people that I like consider, you know, like family, you know, like brothers of mine, people who I, you know, talk to on somewhat a semi-regular basis, or at least like whenever I see them, you know, we're stuck together like glue, whether it be, you know, Calvin Tankman, um, uh, Myron Reed, uh, you know, and Myron is, is one of the prominent key players on, yeah. on MLW. And that's, you know, that's who I ride with to every Glory Pro show because he lives here in Louisville with me. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, it, it's really cool to see Big Beef be brought into that fold as well uh, because Big Beef is probably one of my closest friends in this business. Uh, somebody that I've, you know, known literally since before I was even really taking it serious, you know? Right. So, uh, so, like, I, I love that guy so much and, and I couldn't be more happy for him. Oh, and you, you mentioned Calvin Tankman. I finally got to see him wrestle live last month, and in awe isn't even the word I could use to finally be able to see him. He's just one of those dudes that I love. I love whenever I get to see matches of his, but to actually see one in person was just so awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. And- that's another guy who I've literally seen like the the progression uh, and, and him, you know, like really uh, grow into his own and become a a, a superstar. You yeah. know, like he's really a superstar um, because he was uh, when he came in to IWA Mid South. It was uh, early, early in his career. Um, and it, it was probably about 2018-ish. And he had only been wrestling at that point maybe a year, if that. Uh, and, you know, credit to Ian. He saw something in him, you know, early and put the belt on him. Um, you know, as soon as he was at, almost as soon as he was at IWA. Uh, but what was crazy about Calvin, to, to pull back the curtain, when he first came into IWA, he was, you know, baby facing it up wanting to do all kinds of flips and you know the moonsaults that he does like you know which is cool because it's awesome it's it's incredible yeah that somebody his size can do that and and not only that but just the way that he moves in general oh is just God. unreal it's so fluid but but <laughs> ian was was basically trying to somewhat teach him a lesson um and was like you can get so much more out of that uh by you know, kind of limiting to how much you use it. And so he ended up turning Calvin into a heel. And when I tell you the, cause Calvin is a baby face at first, whenever he first got into the business, uh, and, and mind you, this is green Calvin. So this is early, early. Um, but baby face Calvin back then was very stereotypical baby face. Come on guys, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and once he turned him heel, it was like Calvin turned it up to a whole other level. His intensity was just through the roof. And that intensity that you see now with Calvin as a babyface was definitely like the the genesis of that was Calvin being a heel. Um, and he was an incredible heel, had a really good heel run. That's when he had the belt, different stuff like that. That was actually a lot of what had to do with Mance becoming as big a babyface as he was at IWA Mid-South at that time period because Mance and Calvin were going back and forth, um, you know, for a while, I feel like. Um, And so, yeah, man, Calvin, 
like I said, to, to see where he's at now uh, and to see the things that he's doing, uh, I love it, man. I couldn't be more proud because, like I said, that's another guy who I consider a brother. Um, spent, you know, weeks with that guy. So you see him on a weekly basis. Uh, and then there was a time period, actually, where I didn't get to see him as much as I'd like. Um, and then here recently, I've gotten to see him a lot more just because, uh, you know, he gets booked a lot more and I get booked a lot more and uh, we run into each other a lot more. So, And that's another one of those guys like I was talking about a second ago that, you know, if I'm in a locker room with Calvin, it's, you know, it's normally who my bag's next to. We're hanging out, you know, most of the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's one of my guys. And it's just got to be so awesome in the sense of, you know, in comparison to where you were a couple years ago to now being in all these new places and hanging out with all these old faces and new faces and just really enjoying yourself. Because I feel like that's that's another thing that maybe some people within the business kind of don't always keep track on is that you should be trying to have as much fun as you can while you can do this. Exactly. That's the entire reason I got into this in the first place was to have fun. Um, and, you know, I... I'm making better money than I did when I started, but I'm still not making good money. So it's like, <laughs> what's the point of doing it if I'm not having fun? You know what I mean? Um, so absolutely, yeah. If you're not enjoying what you're doing, then there's. I feel like there's not much of a point, especially when it comes to a passion project or like a dream job or something like that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I'm not going to really you know, bear anybody, but I've had situations at companies where things went a little uh, awry, I guess, for me personally. Um, and I'm just like, cool, if that's the way it's going to be, then I'm just not going to make it a priority to be at that company, you know? Yeah. Uh, because if I'm not having fun, then then I, I don't want to be there, you know? Um, same thing it goes for some wrestlers. There's wrestlers where I'm like, yo, if I don't have fun refereeing their matches, or if I feel like, you know, my safety might be at risk, yeah. <laughs> uh, then I don't want to really be a part of it. Um, so th that's not to say that I'm not going to ever turn down any kind of challenge. You know what I mean? Um, like when I first started refereeing Sadiqa matches, was I scared? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. I, I would have probably felt the same way. Do I feel better about them now? Absolutely. <laughs> like, do I know how to work with Sadika? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, when you first were working with Sadika, was the language barrier an issue? It still is. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't speak very good English. Yeah, I mean, from her yeah. promos, I, 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 that was just assuming. and Yeah. And, and that but, can be well, hard because... I will say... My, my bad. Sorry to cut you off. I will say that, you know, wrestling is pretty universal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so, like, there isn't really much communication that I need to relay to her. Uh, there have been matches that I've reft of hers um, where, you know, uh, wrestler A, well, I, I'll go ahead. John, like, the first John Wayne Murdoch match, and actually I want to even say the second one, uh, John would try and tell me to tell her stuff, and there was no telling her anything because <laughs> she didn't understand it. Uh, however, she might take a big bump or something like that, and I would lean in, and I'd be like, okay, 
and she would like nod or you know something so like i i knew that she was uh you know not not injured you know what i'm saying yeah um and so we 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 were able to communicate through that uh other than that there really wasn't much communication and then even in the back uh like she talks through everything through a translator like if she needs to say something to anybody she'll pull a translator over so yeah it it it's a little tough, uh, but for the most, like, like I was saying, wrestling is pretty universal. Like I've been in locker rooms with guys that were like training over um, for DDT, you know what I mean? Uh, and they ended up coming over for like a, a, a an American excursion or whatever um, with uh, with Shigehiro, and um, and like they didn't speak any English. Uh, however they were working on a weekly basis at IWA Mid-South. And so they were working with sometimes some guys who were not necessarily green, but like, uh, weren't that experienced to, to really like, they weren't used to working with somebody foreign. And so it was a, you know, first experience for both guys. Um, and that was cool to see them have to figure that out. You know what I mean? Uh, (laughs) just because like, like, but at the same time, I, I go back to it. Wrestling is a universal language. You know what I mean? Um, so that very similar to like uh, from from what I've heard, um, people talk about calling matches with uh, with Suzuki. So like, cause he, from what I hear, he doesn't speak very well English. I I, I did meet Suzuki. I didn't get to talk to him a whole lot, but just because he doesn't speak very well English. Um, or he doesn't speak English. Uh, I don't speak English very well. <laughs> uh, he doesn't speak English very well, and uh, so. But uh, from what I've heard, like when he calls matches and stuff, um, he like doesn't really cause. To, it's more like motions. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, now I use Anchor. Uh, so it cuts us off after an hour. We're getting close to that. I'm just going to stop and start right back up. Okay. Uh, I'm glad you you brought up Suzuki because uh, I actually did get the chance to meet him. And uh, I knew that he was not going to be able to, to speak the, the best English. And I know zero Japanese. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to be able to tell him, like, you know, you're my favorite wrestler. Right. And everything you've done, whether it be from Pancrase to to now, has just been so important to me as a person and I think has also helped shape not only MMA but pro wrestling. So, right. So I wrote in, in Google Translate this message to him. And then I hand him my phone and I'm just like, man, is Murder Grandpa just going to tell me to go fuck myself? Like, like you don't know in that moment what, what's about to happen. And he just looked at me and goes, thank you. Thank you very much. And I'm like, holy shit. Right. <laughs> and, then, yeah. uh, and then he pointed at my shirt because I was wearing the, the Suzuki Goon shirt. The New Japan way goes, nice shirt. I was like, oh, thank you for being so kind. <laughs> Dude, he really is. Like, he's so sweet. And, like, to be such a scary looking man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he is so sweet but on the flip not on the flip uh on the same token um look at Schlatt, you know 
uh, I think we talked about this actually on the last episode yeah. that I I was on here with you. How Schlack is the scariest looking man, and in the ring he is a little unpredictable sometimes. <laughs> um, however, he couldn't be more nicer backstage. I love hanging out with Schlack. Like I've had a few different, you know, staying up, especially like the more ICW stuff that I do and, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, a few different staying up till 6 a.m. with Schlack, just, you know, BSing and watching funny, you know, uh, <laughs> commercials on TV and stuff, you know what I mean? Like the, the paid commercials and stuff um, all night. Like, it, Schlack is a man. Um, but yeah, no, going back to Suzuki, um, I met him at Glory Pro, uh, and he had a match against Davey Richards on that show. Yep. Uh, and it was so, man. To, to be able to witness a Suzuki match live, uh, the only thing that could have been better was to be able to ref it. Um, yeah. And, yeah, the the, it, the the cards didn't fall that way that night, I guess. Um, and, uh, well, and actually, to be fair, uh, there was a, a way better, um, well, I'll say a better paid ref than I am. <laughs> uh, and Brendan Toll. Uh, he was there at the show, and, uh, you know, he does impact and stuff like that. So, completely get it, you know, why he ended up getting that match. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, man, just to be able to watch a Suzuki match live was everything. And then, um, also, too, went backstage and, you know, was just kind of lounging around because he had a uh, was in a different, like, room where they were doing a, a meet and greet and stuff. And, um and was like a kind of a different locker room than what they normally have. But there was other people that was getting ready in there. And there was a couple of people that, you know, I had matches with that were in there. And so I was just kind of coming in and out. And, uh, there was at a certain point cause man, I had butterflies about asking cause you never know about asking certain people, but I really wanted a picture with Suzuki cause I never knew how many more opportunities I'm going to get to, you know, get a picture with Suzuki. And, uh, and so I asked him and he could be more gracious uh, and you know, you did a even did a few different poses with me and stuff. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he he was super cool, man. Super cool. And and that, that was oh sorry. Man. I, I was gonna say that was actually the same show. There was a picture that Danhausen and Suzuki that went viral. Yes, that was on that same show. In the same room was where I took the picture with Suzuki. Um, so because Danhausen was actually on that show with me. It was just one of those driving forces behind me really wanting to go to Jersey to see him was, are we really going to get another chance? We don't know if he's going to do another U.S. tour like this We can only hope. You know, we oh, yeah. Hope. But, but also, yeah. at, at the same time, you know, now in his early 50s, he doesn't really have anything to prove. Exactly. <laughs> no, he doesn't have to come back. And, and that's the thing is that I, like I get, I kind of get what he's doing, and if and if this is his last ride, that he's taken like a last American tour, you know, um, and uh, and the fact that he like hit up even like some, I, I, I can't say smaller, but like you know, um, I guess uh, less prominent independence was really kind of cool, you know what I mean? Like the to see him pop up at your glory, your glory pro. Or like your uh, WrestleMax, um, or to see him pop up at a Time Bomb Pro or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
like that was insane i was just like this is such a moment like so cool for suzuki for suzuki to to like want to uh just get it and then not only that but like some of the people that got matches against him you know what i mean exactly. like uh anthony henry uh which i still i can't wait to watch that match uh you know i have matches against um you know, of course, Davey, like we had mentioned. I think he actually had two against Davey while he was here in America. Um, and then, uh, you know, of course, Joey Janela. That's the one uh, I was there for. Yeah, yeah, Nick Gage. <laughs> like, Suzuki and Nick Gage, whoever would have thought. No, that, that, that's only if you're playing, you know, Fire Pro, where you're like, oh, man, I'm going to fucking make this one happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, and then, of course... As we were talking about a minute ago, Suzuki and Calvin Tankman, you know, crazy. And, but I, at the same time, I feel like we are in this crazy moment in wrestling where since a lot of the doors have been broken, we're getting all these crazy matches that yeah. we could only dream. And now we're seeing it. They make no sense. That's like uh, at that Wrestle Revolver show. You had Jessica Havoc, um, Charlie... And Billy Starks in a three-way. Yeah. Oh, I, I, what, what makes you just think, you know, we only imagine these things and we're getting them at this point. Or, at that same wrestling revolver show, <laughs> whoever would have thunk it, that Ace Austin and Alex Zane have never had a match before. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're right. You would have think that they would have crossed at some point. You know, like, both those guys are incredibly athletic and do stuff that's, like, innovative. And, like, you could only imagine, like, putting those two in the, in the ring would be like putting, you know, like, uh, Osprey and Ricochet. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, like you know it's going to be some insane acrobatic, like, feats that nobody else is going to be able to do. And, like, nobody booked that before Wrestling Revolver just last weekend. <laughs> like, and I love how it's in, in Iowa of all places. <laughs> yeah. Well, what it is that it's Sammy Callahan's company. Yeah, um, but he helps run it with his brother, and I think his brother actually lives in Iowa. That's where Sammy's originally from. So why why did I always think he was Ohio? He is. He's an Ohio guy. Okay, um, <laughs> but I want to say he has. He has roots in Iowa, maybe family in Iowa, something. I, I'm not exactly sure the whole backstory. Um, I just know he has, like, some kind of foundation in Iowa. It's just one of those weird states, though, where it's like, you know where I expect to see yeah. super indie shows? Right, absolutely, man. Yeah, Past well, this cornfield. <laughs> and then not only that, but then you also got Iowa cranking out some of the best of the best that, you know, that... Like one of the best training schools is in Iowa, uh, with Black and the Brave. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and and they've cranked out some people here recently, man. That like are just you're like, oh wow, they're a Black and the Brave kid too. You know, like uh, Manders. Yeah, you know, that was the first one I think of. Right, uh, and then there's a there's a chick here recently who uh, she's been really really killing it. Uh, that Kaya McKenna. Oh really? That's she's one of them. He's a black and the brave kid. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. You know. <laughs> Man, what a time for wrestling. <laughs> it really is. It's a great time. And it's like, dude, I, I couldn't have been luckier to 
really like get in the business and really, I guess, start like, you know, diving head first uh, at a better time. Because like from 2017 on, I feel like it's just been uh, nothing but uphill, you know? Yeah. And I mean, for a business that's known to be cyclical, I guess we're we're in a pretty awesome up upswing. Right. Well, and if you think about it on the grand scheme of things, like independent wrestling has kind of always been like that redheaded stepchild. You know what I mean? Yes. Where, like now it's like it's it's kind of looked at it in a completely different light, you know, like um you got a company like AEW who sees all the um all the potential in the world with having people who have these, you know, independent backgrounds and who, who have put in the grind. And, and as far as like professional wrestling and, and wanting to be a, a good professional wrestler. Uh, and then you got WWE who, you know, had like stars, <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah. uh, from independent wrestling come in, uh, keep their business thriving. Um, and then, and then once they ended up going to greener pastures, now they're like, well, we don't want to use independent wrestlers anymore. Right. <laughs> so, it's kind of funny. <laughs> and, and I also think it's funny, you know, we, we just mentioned Zayn, but I mean, the blow from, from getting the WWE release had to, had to really suck in that moment. But then I would have really have loved to see in his face the moment Taco Bell re- reached out to him legit. Yo, what the reaction? Mind blowing, dude! Like it's so cool. Uh, Like just because, like I've that's somebody who I've seen since he first started. Like kind of, I guess, uh, you know, pushing that. Yeah, (laughs) that's the word. You know, Um, and and trying to make that happen. Uh, And you know, Ali Zane is very, very smart when it comes to marketing. Oh, yes. uh, and, and when it comes to, um, you know, putting himself out there and, and doing the right things. And so um, he was able to, uh, yeah, make it happen, you know, <laughs> like literally. Uh, and it's insane. When, when he posted that picture of all the free stuff that he got from Taco Bell, I was just like, dude, like he really made that happen. I, I had to laugh at myself. Because when I first saw it, and I saw the gift cards, my first thought was, I wonder how much is on those gift cards. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. No kid. <laughs> but uh, I'm just... At this point now with you, have there been any standout matches that you've gotten to call over this past year? Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh... But at the same time, like, I, I feel like if, if I name one, it would discredit, like, others. I get that. Uh, and, like, it's just, like, as soon as I feel like, <laughs> as soon as I feel like that was probably one of my favorite matches of my career, another match happens that I feel like was another <laughs> favorite match of my career. Like, it's happened so much just in the last year alone. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see. The, the hour, like, because, I mean, like, I, I just did an hour-long death match last weekend. Uh, and then, like, the weekend before that, or not the weekend before, a couple weeks before that, uh, Mickey and Sadika, you yeah. know. Um, and and just all the buzz that was surrounding that match. Um, uh, the, the VOW tournament recently, 
the the AWR Goddess uh, Goddess of Death tournament recently yep. was special for different reasons. Um, you know, getting to work with uh, one of my best friends, Nina Monet and Mickey Knuckles, and a, a match with both of them, all three of us in the ring together because Mickey's one of my close friends. Like, just a lot of really special stuff is has been happening, like <laughs> on a weekly basis. You know, and that's awesome, uh, man. And and it's yeah, it, like. As as you mentioned earlier, man, like I'm I'm just having a lot of fun and and having some really really special moments. Um, like, uh, you know that uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's how, tough. How yeah, blown out like were said, you? Like at- I'll, I'll I'll think of a match, but then I'll be like, yeah, but then like, because like for instance, uh, Calvin Tankman and Justin and, and Justin Kyle. That's still one of my favorite matches that I think of going back to. Um, but then at the same time, like I've, I might have had a Thursday match at IWA where I ref like Sage Phillips and, and Big Beef, and it was just like that yeah. was just special, just because both those guys I started with, you know, in, in day one, you know what I mean. <laughs> so it's like I, I don't know. Every week is something different. You never know, and uh, and, and I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> How blown out were you after the Iron Man death match? Oh, dude, it, honestly, to be completely honest, I really wasn't. Really? Um, I feel like I would have had to have been exhausting. It, I mean, it definitely took a lot out of, uh, not, see, and I can't even say that, actually, because I felt like it was so nonstop and action-packed that an hour went by like it was nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and so, yeah, it, it really wasn't near as bad as you would think. I felt more blown uh, refereeing an hour-long match uh, without all the deathmatch stuff <laughs> so, than I did. Uh, to be fair, the, the weather circumstances were a little bit different because uh, the only other Iron Man match I've ever refereed was between uh, Mance Warner and, uh, you know, <laughs> well... Feel how you want to feel about this guy, but it was Mance Warner and Michael Elgin, um, and uh, and they went an hour long, and they went an hour. They went an hour <laughs> long, like it was, man. That was a, a, a high paced match, uh, and they didn't use didn't, you know death match nothing, none of that stuff. It was just a straight match. Um, but with the death match, uh, maybe it was the fact that I was like. So, uh, me personally was so nonstop busy because I I have other jobs besides just being a referee. That's true. Uh, while the while the death matches are going on, because you know I'm trying to keep the ring clean, cleared. Uh, you know, don't want any extra BS to end up hurting somebody worse than what they're already going to get hurt. So I'm I'm doing other things besides just refereeing, and uh, and so maybe that because of that I, I really didn't notice how quick it was going by um but once uh once larry had told us that we had 20 minutes left i remember passing it along to uh i can't remember if it was murdoch or eric ryan whoever it was uh but i passed it along and i said hey 20 minutes and they said really (laughs) (laughs) just because you know it had gone by so fast i I just think it's it's personally because i'm one of those people who over worries about everything that knowing that there's so much time where 
so much could possibly go wrong, I would just drain myself emotionally. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and but to 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 both those guys' credit, man, uh, when you watch it back, because I, I went and watched it back, um, it's just as fun to watch uh, on a broadcast than it was to watch um, or to be a part of it. You know, because uh, those guys, whew, man, they go so hard. They're two of the best going today, easily. For, yeah, for real, for real, absolutely. Yep, hands down. Uh, now, what is your hopes of where you'll be a year from now? Uh, I mean, the the goal is always going to be the same. Uh, I, I want to make this a full time job somehow, some way. Um, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, I'm <laughs> booked at every single independent, and you know. Hustling, selling, <laughs> you know, whatever I gotta sell, uh, or um, whether it be I'm signed by AEW or WWE, you know, um, whatever, whatever that entails, I want to make this a full time job, and uh, and that's my hopes and dreams for, you know, the next however long I keep doing this, um, but at the same time, uh, I'm just gonna keep on doing what I'm doing, and uh, you know work for the companies that I work for, try and get into more places and, and you know, just uh, be out there and be seen. Honestly, man, I think that's all you can hope for and just enjoy yeah. the ride while it lasts. Exactly. It, it, no, yeah, exactly. That's it. Uh, and right now, uh, especially, like, right now, in this moment, I'm on a hell of a ride. <laughs> uh, and... and I mean, like you said, is there anything, any match that sticks out? And there really isn't because there's just every week it's something different. Uh, and then, like, it's even crazier to, to watch it back and just get chills. You know what I mean? Yeah. For how good it was um, or how, you know, awesome of a moment it was to be a part of, you know, whatever. Like, it, it's it's crazy. Like, there's so much cool stuff. Or as we were talking about at the beginning, to, to get on social media and just see the reactions and the gifts and, you know, the clips and uh, to see, you know, the, as, you know, some people might say, quote unquote, the marks get worked, you know, <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's so much fun to me. <laughs> like, I don't get involved and I don't put in my two cents, but it's so fun to me to just watch, you know. Oh, that, meant, that, that part has to be hilarious. <laughs> It really is. No, it really is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Uh, that's pretty much all I got for for wrestling-related stuff as we're kind of getting on to the, the later hours of the night. But uh, you cool if I hit you up with some random ones that are not wrestling-related? Absolutely. All right. Let's do it. Skittles or M&Ms? M&Ms. Thank you. I feel Skittles Love are toxic. very overrated. I, I, I mean, skills are okay from time to time, but I, I, I'm a chocolate guy all day. I love chocolate. Uh, at any point in your travels recently, have you thought you might run into Bigfoot? Uh, <laughs> no, not really. Not <laughs> not Bigfoot. Um, when we were in Michigan. Oh, you know what? Hold on. Whoa. Yes. It's funny you say that. 
because it wasn't Bigfoot necessarily. <laughs> um, however, there was a moment whenever we were in Michigan for ICW um, where uh, I had to, because we were literally like on this um, uneven field <laughs> um, that was kind of like uh, a piece of the, the forest was like cut out and that was where the ring was. <laughs> it was a very um, interesting venue. We'll just put it that way. And uh, But there was a certain point where I had to go use the bathroom. And uh, and I was not using the... Was it a porter potty I want to say? Because I, I have a weird fear of porter potties anyway. Um, maybe it, I, I blame it on Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> because of the porter potty scene with the T-Rex. Yeah. But, you know... Yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh, but I have a weird thing about porta potties, and uh, so I, I would much rather pee on a tree. And so I went to walk towards this like tree line on the field, um, and it was probably getting to be about eight thirty, nine o'clock. And so like this, it wasn't completely dark, but the sun had set. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and I'm sitting there peeing. And I hear a noise in the woods. And then I just like me being, you know, I have a lot of anxiety and an overthinker. And I'm just like, man, something's going to grab me. (laughs) I'm going to be screwed because I was kind of far away from everyone. And it just like I was just replay i had a visual of just a horror movie and i mind you i was also in my referee gear but i had i just uh had this like (laughs) visual of this horror movie just playing out in my head where i get grabbed by like some kind of monster (laughs) while i'm peeing with my penis in my hand and it was a whole thing (laughs) it's not the way you want to be found if your body's gonna be taken right exactly so uh, so, yeah, it's funny you asked that because I, I did slightly, uh, not necessarily Bigfoot, but I did have uh, a slight uh, fear that something might grab me at a show. Uh, the next one was going to be, tell me, in this past year, where the creepiest place you have been is, but that might be it. <laughs> well, yeah, Michigan Michigan was pretty creepy. Um, uh, I, well, Tampa um the the venue that GCW ran for the collective um the Cuban club uh that place supposedly there there was all kind of crazy stories that was coming out of that place as far as it being haunted um but uh i know for a fact <laughs> there was a very very creepy theater um that was upstairs that you just felt the energy in the room that it was just like weird and then there was also another like smaller room where they said that uh a couple people i think had like killed themselves in that room oh damn uh, you could feel a weird energy in there too um but like that place uh it was ginormous and it was a very beautiful venue um but you definitely got some weird vibes from that place um that was like i said that was where gcw ran the collective this past year uh so yeah, <laughs> I'd say that probably would have to take the the tip. So because Michigan wasn't necessarily creepy, um, it was just we were out in the, the middle of the woods, the middle of Michigan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, whereas the Cuban Club was like you can look it up like on Google, 
Google the Cuban Club in Tampa, Florida, and it'll have all kinds of stories of different, you know, incidents that has happened there, uh, hauntings, like all kind of stuff. And uh, we spent literally a whole weekend there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll probably do it, man. All right. Well, thank you again so much for taking the time for hanging out. Uh, this moment, plug everything you need to plug uh, for for where people can can find you see you merch anything for sure man uh well everything as far as social media goes is official spo 502 that's uh twitter and instagram uh and then i also have a pro wrestling tea store which is also uh official spo 502 um and i have the cool little referee man bun shirt up there that you could uh grab if you feel so inclined so yeah, that's uh, pretty much it for me. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Sean Patrick O'Brien, but uh, I, <laughs> I don't like deleting people on my thing just because I'm lazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> But you can follow me if you, if you want to. <laughs> and don't forget to check out I Got Your Five Stars with Sean P. as a co-host. Thank you. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, it's getting late. <laughs> uh, definitely check out I Got Your Five Stars. Uh, we are on Spotify. We are also on Apple Podcasts. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, we are cranking out episodes uh, weekly, sometimes bi-weekly. Um, you can follow Jeremy on I Got You Five Stars on Instagram. Um, and uh, and then also if you peep my Instagram or um, Twitter, I'm always posting whatever episode we're on most recently. Like I said, we had Merrick Donovan on uh, most recently. Uh, and then the episode before that, we reviewed the uh, the Deathmatch Horror Story. Uh, so definitely check us out. All right, man. Uh, again, appreciate the time you spent with me. Uh, I'm sure I'll hear from you soon. Uh, your dude, I always love to, to see what's going on with, and uh, I love seeing the success that you've had. Yeah, hey, man, I appreciate the support. Thank you, Jake. Uh, anytime you need me, I'm, I'm always down to come back home. All right, man, I definitely appreciate that. For sure. All right, you take it easy. All right, bro. Later. All right, everybody. That was Sean P., and he told you where to find him. Now, uh, I guess it's where to find me. Facebook is Alone in the Basement. Instagram, Alone in the Basement. Twitter, AITB Podcast. Although I am terrible about keeping shit updated on Twitter and Instagram. I, I am just absolutely awful at that. Um... Besides that, just want to thank all of you for listening and, and you know, just keeping along and, and really, I guess, just, just being here and listening to a dude bullshit about wrestling with some, some people in the business. It's, it's awesome to me. I was going through the analytics the other day, and I've almost had listens in, I know it's over 40 states. I haven't reached all 50, but just to be like, damn, somebody or people from from all these places that really sat down or maybe been driving. Who knows where you guys are when you're listening. But just the point that you do is absolutely fucking mind-blowing. So thank you all so much. Or just when I look at the countries list, holy shit. Just to think somebody somewhere in Kazakhstan could be listening right now is just like, holy shit. Uh, so thank you guys. I love all of you. And uh, we will be back hopefully next week. Get some stuff lined up for you, and uh, I'll see you then. Love you all.
Later.